Welcome back for episode 34 of the Frostclaw podcast. I am your host, Perry the Pig. As always, I've got my co-host here, Dread. Welcome back. Hello, this is Dread. And I've gathered you both here today because of one specific reason, which we'll get into in a second here once we're done introducing everybody, including McFluffin. How's it going, man? Hello. Thanks for having me, guys. Glad you could take some time out of your schedule to join us here. We, uh, yes. we we jokingly have the title of this podcast as Claw Gang. So I've, I've been playing a lot of Frost Claw recently, and I'm going to start right there because I am in love with the skill. Yep. I keep brainstorming different things to do with it. And the very first build guide that I even saw go up was McFluffin's build guide. So I know hey, that you've been Aaron. playing it. I know you've been procking it off of Mana yeah. Strike as well. Uh, yep. How have you been enjoying the new patch? No, you know what? Forget the new patch. How have you been enjoying Frost Claw? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Frostclaw is the highlight of the patch, right? That and the Rune Master Passive mm. Tree, but mostly Frostclaw. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's you know what's amazing about it and why it's arguably the best skill in the game is that um it's diversity. Like it can do just about everything. It can be a main main damage skill. It can be a proc skill. It can be a secondary proc skill where it procs off of a main damage skill. Like it can do practically every anything in the game. What what do you yeah. want to do? That that'll pretty much probably do it. Yeah. Yeah. The only problem is they haven't fixed the upper left node with the the glacier stuff. Once they fix that. Yeah. Now now glacier's super op. Great. That's yeah. Because yeah. we need super op glacier. <laughs> Even better leveling than before. Yeah, I, I I like that uh, it's got it's got conversion nodes in it, and the very first thing that Frostclaw reminded me of was Detonating Arrow, which came out slightly before my time playing Last Epoch. But when it first came yeah. out, I heard stories that people were saying the same thing about it. Like, yeah, it's the best skill. We like, were in uh, yeah. honeymoon mode. Let's put it like that with Rogue. But like the conversions, yeah. the conversions aren't really that good for for Detonating Arrow and Frostclaw okay. is just okay. like They're everything. They're good you want. ideas. They just don't have the numbers. It's like the same thing I always stress. It's like. The poison node conversion is a cool uh -huh. idea. It just needs higher numbers. It's like, especially after the poison nerfs, right? But let's actually start this off by asking Lone Star, what have you been up to for the past like few, like few weeks? What have I been up to the past few weeks? Yeah, that's usually how we start this. Is we usually outside of outside of playing Frostclaw like all the time. <laughs> just in general, yeah. Just, just honestly, I've I've been doing bench. a lot of I've been doing a lot of chilling. Um, trying not to overwork because I was doing 78 hour, 80 hours a week for like two, three months straight. And I'm going to be doing that again here, like real soon because of the D4 launch and then the 1.0 LE. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing a lot of, not a lot compared to before. <laughs> I've been playing, uh, Starfield quite a bit. Um, some like vampire survivors, like I'm pretty much pulling myself out of that and pulling myself back into work mode. But yeah, I've been trying to like not burn out basically so that I can go hard soon. Yeah, oh, as chat it. said, I've heard that you've been Rax's personal coach here. Recently. Oh yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, Rax has played. Uh, it's been purely just coincidence. He's played two of my builds back to back. He played <laughs> the, the Frost Claw build, and now he's playing Echo Warpath. He That's called your Frost Claw build bad. He didn't like it. No, it's not. He, he doesn't think it's bad. <laughs> um, he doesn't like Rune Master, and I, I totally get that. Yeah, because you know it's definitely uh, that that build especially because like you have to. There's a man, mana management, and he doesn't really have the mana regen set up properly. Yeah. And um, you got the frost wall tech with um, with flame ward. I can't mm -hmm. hate that I say tech so much now. I used to despise that word. Now I say it all the time. Anyway, um, he, so he doesn't doesn't really like it, but he's really enjoying Echo Warpath. So I think this is more his style. Yeah. 
So Perry, what have you been up to since the last week since we did the last podcast? Uh, learning learning who Rax is for the most part. So I've I've seen a, a handful <laughs> of Reddit posts go up saying, "Oh man, Rax is finally playing Last Epoch." And I saw his video go up talking about like his introduction to the game and why he's been enjoying Last Epoch so much. And it's like I I really I'm not a Diablo person. Like I played Diablo when I was like 8 years old, like Diablo 2. I didn't know what I was doing. I never played D3 or D4. And there's a lot of new people out there who are like huge content creators who are just like off my radar because I don't play those games. So becoming more familiar with who Rax is and what he's been doing. Um, I like his perspective. He's like, he's a well-spoken person. He's got good ideas. He communicates well. It's like, yeah, mm -hmm. look at this guy. I'm kind of into I it. enjoyed watching him when I was playing D4. Yeah. He's definitely, he, he agrees with me that CC is bullshit. So I, I, I don't, I'm <laughs> with like him. Like CCing I'm enemies or enemies CCing you? Uh oh. Enemies uh, CCing you. You can, you can explain it if you want. He also hates Stun. In this oh, game, weird, so he's on our, weird. That, yeah. So TLDR uh, in Diablo Four CC is a really big problem currently in terms of higher pushing and like nightmare dungeons and stuff. Like imagine LE's problem with stuns, but like multiplied by like twenty. It is very bad. It's gotten a lot better. They've done a number oh, of changes they? to fix it, well, but nice. originally it was horrible. Yeah, I haven't it was been really paying bad. attention to that, so that's nice to hear. Yeah, they made it multiple adjustments to the CC, so yeah. it's definitely gotten a lot better. But yeah, yeah, he was one of the big probably um, drivers of that. And so hopefully he'll be a big driver yeah. of them changing stun here because it really doesn't feel good. Yep. Um, so, speaking yeah, yeah. of that, I should probably talk about what I've been up to in the last week. Oh, Go God. On. Speaking of stun, we'll get to that in a second. So the retinue of things I did this week, as it seems like this is always this part of the podcast where Dread rambles about what builds he played. Uh, what I played this week specifically, I played a uh, I played a no unique bone curse necromancer. So you use bone curse and you use the minions to hit and you know deal damage with bone curse. That build went surprisingly well considering I used no uniques whatsoever in a game where uniques are like the best thing ever, right? That well, was that, that was also a project to prove somebody wrong on the forums, right? Yes, yes, yeah. to show that skeletons were <laughs> completely useless. And then the next build after that uh, was Hakar's Fire Crit Earthquake Shaman. I know a lot of words. And I, you hear Shaman, you're like, oh my god, it's terrible. No, with the new introduction of the armor uh, dot mitigation ethics, uh, Shaman's a lot better. Because Shaman is a lot like Forge Guard, where he stacks a lot of armor, and he doesn't get that much HP. So when you get the armor dot thing, he feels so much better. Like Shaman, like when you play it again, Barry... It, uh, one day when Twitch chat bullies you into it, it will feel amazing because you'll get that armor dot node, uh, armor dot thing, and like y you won't die to dots anymore as much. Like it's amazing. And then after that, oh boy, per Perry loved this one, the static spell blade build. So essentially McFluffin. I have been working on a static build over the last like year and a half at most, ever since they reworked static and fixed it. Remember that patch where they made it 4% more per static charge and all that? And in the original build, I was using a Battle Mage's Endeavor with the Lightning Blast to proc as many crits as possible to be able to abuse the node that gets three charges on crit. And you could do that to get to 200 stacks within three seconds to have like fluid gameplay, right? But now with Dragoras Claw, when you get like attack speed on it, you can trigger a static with 200 charges every second now. And it's amazing. Wow. It's like It's like a million crit every single time too with my current setup. It's like... Mm. And like without Dragorath, it's like two seconds per, which is still respectable. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with that build. Then the last build. Oh, oh, my God. This was a travesty. OK, so for, for, for new... reference, as you go into this one, this is one that excites me the most. 
I thought I this know, was okay. a very cool group. Yes, concept. I agree. Uh, I think I think this is good uh, good technology for the future. Just don't play Forge Strike. So essentially, with the armor dot thing again, and with Code of the Sentinel, you can effectively play a Forge Guard that stacks armor and stacks endurance threshold and no HP whatsoever. You can have like 1500 HP, have it filled up with endurance threshold, thanks to sigils being nerfed, buff, whatever you want to call it, right? And essentially, I was at 1500 HP, but I was like face dinking diamond matron beams and everything. It was great. I didn't even have the armor dot uh, affix on my gloves because I got a pair of wing guards with tier seven stun chance. Don't ask me why I'm excited about that. But essentially, TLDR, that build, the, the defenses on that build were amazing, but the damage on it was not because it was Forge Strike, as we were talking earlier <laughs> on stream. It's very close, though. It's very close. It's like, like you know how you feel when you, like, play a build, McFluffin, and you're like, like, this is missing, like, one damage node from being good. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. Like, I, I, I actually been making Reddit posts alongside these builds, talking about more about the balance of them and, like, what I would suggest to fix and all that. And on this one, I was like, well, you should put a node inside Forge Strike that gives you, like, 3% more damage per minion you own. So, for instance, if you create minions, you get more damage. And if you grab, like, Ring of Shields, for instance, you can get more damage that way. And that would be a different way of scaling it. That and is you could finally than... have bees in your build and feel good about it. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. yes. Yeah. Not even yeah, kidding. Exactly. Yeah, that's smart. That's smart. Yeah, and, like, it fits with the flavor. And that'd be cool. But, yeah, that's what I've been up to. Sorry for taking yeah. so long. No, I've actually, I've, I've actually read your, your Reddit post and yeah. watched the two videos that you put out recently. So I'm mm -hmm. actually fairly up to date on the stuff you've got, got going on. Hog. Cool. Yeah. Good. Keep watching. I need the ad revenue. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that zero, zero, three cents, off. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Listen, I just All love right. the, so the reason that I'm really excited about you like doing the, the armor thing with no HP is uh, I've really enjoyed not building hybrid life and percent life and flat life and vitality mm -hmm. and love, like the vitality change is one thing. Messing around with root master, it's completely true. Board. But the vitality change is one thing. Like vitality is less sexy than it used to be. It's 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 a different yeah. kind of sexy because it is. I'm a lot more incentivized to put damage prefixes on my chest now. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe instead of vitality prefix in your chest piece and your helmet, you're getting like damage or plus levels or some other kind of like defensive utility on it. Mm -hmm. And like, you guys you know, really think the uh, six to from ten to six made that much of a difference? Uh, it made enough of a difference that I'm second guessing on whether or not I will put vitality on because, like, instead of getting like maybe like a hundred, two hundred life in my build, I can get sixty percent increased damage or ninety percent increased damage, which is starting to kind of meet each other in terms mm -hmm. of usefulness. That if makes that sense. makes sense. And it's yeah. Yeah. it's not a clear cut answer anymore. Which I enjoy. Especially if you're like a 300 corruption Andy like I am. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like that it's not a clear-cut answer. Like, that's that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not. I, I, can... I hate the part where they removed the health regen part. That was so confusing. I'm like, that was the best thing about Alongside with introducing the new mini vessel of uh, vessel of Strife inside the Runemaster yeah. thing, I haven't heard of a single person building Vessel of Strife using Runemaster. I, uh, um, there's a few characters around running around with it. We've, have, like, we've theory crafted it. Yeah. It does look strong. But the problem mm -hmm. is the low life is really, really strong too. So which do you go for? Yeah. Like, uh, I think Vessel, Vessel is hard like, as well is strong. Yeah. There's just so, so many word options. Like I, I like that there's multiple options. I like this. I like that they're chase items too. Right. But we're going to keep talking about this forever. So I am going to railroad the 
content towards what we were going to be talking about here, which is Frostclaw. 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 So, I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I have gathered you both here today because you have both extensively played Frostclaw to its limit. And I have played a few Frostclaw setups now as well. I played the you know, Rat City Spear one as well. That was a very fun one, by the way. Now, my question for you today, what we're going to be discussing the most here, is there's been a lot of people talking about Frostclaw, of course, and they've been saying Frostclaw's kind of OP, it deserves a nerf. And my question for you today is, do you think a skill being innately good, like Frostclaw, does that merit a nerf? So, like, for instance, like, the other day, Perry and I, we were talking about Earthquake, right? And we were like, hey, Earthquake has a lot of more damage modifiers in it. I'm like, well, Earthquake isn't, like, that good. It's good, but it's not, like, amazing Ah, you know? And I'm like, well, does a skill just being good merit a nerf? What do you think, McFluffin, specifically in terms of Frostclaw? Yeah, I mean, no, but I feel like I need more context. Why is it that people are saying it? What is it about Frostclaw people think needs to be? Uh, probably the multiple projectiles thing and how much damage it's doing right now, in theory, because it's like Rune Master with the ward on crit and all that, right? I think the problem is, is they're seeing like Perry with 15k like ward and base tanking multiple tier four yeah. drill explosions mm -hmm. and like, and of course, I'll be honest, like the the projectile node the one that makes all five hits that is a very strong node like it is like it, it turns your 100 percent added damage effectiveness skill to 500 percent added damage effectiveness right like it's crazy you know it's like but what i'm trying to say here is like a lot of people think frostclaw should be nerfed because of all of these things i've listed yeah so if if people are saying it because of all the war that's being generated if they nerf frostclaw in some way it's not going to change that because it's not frostclaw that's yeah. generating most of the war like there is war generation in frostclaw but most of the things that are allowing us to tank i'm doing it too i'm doing it with a 500 almost 500 corruption right now uh, tanking every single mechanic in the game basically yeah um with a with a mana strike build that's also using frostclaw but it's not because of frostclaw it's because of low life tech it's because of the frost wall flame ward setup it's because of mm -hmm. The runic invocation hunt. This one isn't actually me, but I could. I could actually yeah. more ward out of it. Hundred, a hundred ward. Um, um, every time you use an area spell, because you just put runic invocation on your bar and don't do anything else with it. Mm -hmm. Then you yeah. have the ward on crit, which isn't even all that great, but it's good. And like all, all this stuff yeah. together has caused. And there's ward also to be the static powerful. rings too. I, yeah, I so there's, there's so many ways powerful. to get over 10k plus ward fairly easily right now. It's got nothing to do, or almost nothing to do, with uh, Frostclaw. Yeah. So I'm guessing because Frostclaw is so. Um, there's so di there's so much diversity in it, so it's so flexible, and people can use it in so many yeah. different ways. That people are just assuming that that's that's what's busted about Rune Master. Yeah. When it's, I'm not, I'm playing a Sork. Like I'm not even playing yeah. a, a Rune nice Master, but yeah. um, it's it's not Frostclaw. It's doing the yeah. Frostclaw is only applying ailments and stuff for me. That's really all it's doing on the current build. On the other build, yeah. um, it was actually um, Twisted Heart that's that's doing most of the work. And yeah, Frostclaw being a spell that you can spam makes it a lot easier to use Twisted Heart, but you know, mm -hmm. that's not going to change if they nerf Frostclaw. still going to be able to do yeah. it. And I think part of it, too, is I think the problem is we're not used to good skills. I know that sounds crazy, <laughs> right? But, like, I don't think the community is used to, you know, remember, this is the, this is the game that has, like, Tempest Strike and Acid Flask and stuff. And vengeance, like Perry listed earlier, right? There are skills that are significantly worse than the rest. And I think what's going on is people are thinking that these skills are fine, right? While 
Frost Claw, it's a little bit better than the others. It's a, it's like a menace, all right. And of course, I think another thing is too is a lot of people are playing Frost Claw as well, right? So that definitely pushes it into the forefront of people's minds when they talk about it. But yeah, I yeah, see a I, lot I think, of people call for Frost Claw. It's got to be because how many people are playing it and how much diversity there is in, in it. Yeah. Like that's because. Do you guys feel like you have a build that's like insanely OP, taking out Ward, out of the Frost Claw setup? Uh, if it wasn't for the war generation, maybe, maybe ignite frost claws with the endurance threshold thing. But like that, that's a big maybe. I haven't messed with it yet. Not even going for just like shock chance and armor. Yeah, getting getting more armor and then also using the more armor um, yeah. throne of ambition. Having two more multipliers for armor is pretty nuts. Yeah, I um, mean you say that Sonoka, but you also like the thing is, uh, so Sonoka you just said. I think without the multiple projectiles hit the same target node, Frostclaw damage is pretty low because Frostclaw don't have a lot of more damage nodes, and that is correct. And that is because Frostclaw, at base, is a utility skill, right? That that's its point is to proc other skills like Ellie Nova, like what Perry's doing right now, <laughs> you know, Ice Barrage, like McFluffins uh, did, stuff like that, right? I think the fact that it has a node that can make it deal single target damage actually be the damage dealer, I think that's amazing. Yeah, let me let me uh, weigh in on this. So you said like, yeah, is, is it is it OP? Does it need to be nerfed? I think there's one thing about it that needs to be nerfed. I don't think the damage is insane. I love how much flexibility there is. I love the mana cost considerations that make you want to use all kinds of different items and item bases and set items and pairs <laughs> of boots. There's a lot of flexibility that you're encouraged to investigate with Frostclaw, and it's like the the design is just tier like if this is what we get going yeah. forward awesome the thing that i think needs to be nerfed is the five projectile node but not for why you might think the five projectile node takes off the aoe explosion at the end and in my opinion it should also lose the aoe tag and if it lost the aoe tag then it wouldn't work with the um the five reward yeah. on right click node in the first half of the room master skill tree also, I think if you change something that. I was wondering about because I, I did yeah. not think it kept it and actually was talking. I think, I think about if you it. remove that interaction, I think the skill is perfect. I think funny thing about that, the inconsistency here is did you know that Glyph of Dominion doesn't proc that node? What? <laughs> it doesn't proc the node because you're not casting a Glyph of Dominion, you're casting a spell that procs Glyph of Dominion. Oh, you apparently. mean you mean Rennie Convocation? No, Glyph of Dominion. If you use Glyph of Dominion with that node, it will not give you the ward, even though it's an area skill. Is it? I don't know why. Mm. Weird. What? <laughs> it doesn't make any yeah, sense at all. Like you see, you see the problem here. It's sure. so inconsistent. That node is like I, insanely. And I, I think I think it's just a bug across the board. I I don't yeah. think it's a I don't think it's an issue with the node. I think it's an issue with like the instantiation yeah. of all those skills. So another one is Rune Bolts, wait, for example. Wait. Rune Last Bolt. Epoch is bugged. Bugs in my, my video game. game. Uh, Runebolt has a node uh, that makes it explode uh, yep, on hits. That doesn't count. That doesn't and count. And that should give the AOE tag, but it doesn't. Yep, it should. So, like, I think I think there's a bunch of small things across the board like that. And like, yeah. it's hard to figure out what's OP and what's not OP when there's a bunch of small bugs everywhere. I Speaking think there's still several multipliers missing from Runic Invocation as well. There yep, sure there are. are. Yep, there are. There are. Yep. So we We're actually just, don't know if an invocation is good, but also at the same time, no. the, you get the, the penetration is doing like one note, right? Yeah. The penetration is doing like three times more than three times what <laughs> it seems like it's supposed it makes to be doing. For the other bug, it's fine, right, guys? Yeah. So it's, it's actually more if if it works, 
if it's both are bugged, the the two multipliers in that, it's actually doing more damage than it's supposed to be doing, which is scary because it does like no damage outside of hydrohedron. <laughs> oh come on, man! I've been watching Mike play with Air Geon's Greater Fireball, and he sometimes kills a white mob with it. Come <laughs> on, weird node. You know that, yeah. that that skill is missing half of it. Like half half of that skill just isn't there. It's supposed to have like shards that shoot out or something. Yeah, the, the fire, fire, fire thing. Like half the skill yeah, is just completely mm. missing. Yeah. 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 So here's here's I don't a thought. Know that's gonna be enough. But... And and McFluffin, I'm glad that you prefaced this by saying that you were kind of chilling and like playing other video games on the side as well. I'm glad. Did you hear that the expectation about Runic Invocation is that the other three glyph Runic Invocations are going to be buffed, and Hydrahedron probably will not be nerfed. They're, I have not heard. They're that. gonna like bring things I, I up have, to that level. I have been like paying attention to social media and whatnot, but I have not seen that anywhere i'd be completely fine with that by the way i should be like really excited about that runic invocation has like effectively the highest cost to the player as far as what they have to do Mm -hmm. and also mana is very high on it like the the cost to using Runic invocation is very high we tried to pull it off slinger node it's like 70 mana yeah especially if you pull it off direct cast and not like through through flame rush it Uh should be a lot of damage yeah, I'm yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. There's a lot of stuff yeah. in there. I, I could weigh in on this because I have been playing builds like the mana generator spender philosophy, right? Like with Ford Strike. And I think that this is the same concept, but instead of mana, or it should be, it should it's the action economy, quote unquote. So like for instance, I have to do three things to proc this one thing, right? Like for instance, I have to cast Three spells in a different order to proc Grand Prism Nova if I don't have immutable order. So why is my Grand Prism Nova doing less damage than the three little spells I cast to proc the Grand Prism Nova, right? Like, that should not be a thing. That, that Like, if I have to cast three little spells to cast this big spell, like, I have to spend my time doing this, it should be worth my time. And recently, I had an epiphany with this, right? When I was playing Earthquake specifically with the node that makes it cast like three times, right? That makes it feel really good in terms of, okay, I'm gonna use my swipe in between and then Earthquake. And that feels satisfying because Earthquake does enough damage and has enough area, It mainly damage here, right? <laughs> it does enough damage to merit the fact that you're only casting it every three seconds, right? Well, Runic Invocation is very similar to that other than the fact that instead of spamming swipe, you're spamming something else, right? Mm-hmm. This is the Scales of a Terra problem. This is when when I designed Scales of a Terra, right? The unique. The idea was it's a fairly high skill cap. It should be amazing with Rune Master yeah. too. That's the funny part. Yeah, it should be. It should be amazing. It does. It's not good at all. It should be. Uh, it's a high, fairly high skill cap, and so if you pull it off perfectly, you should do considerably more damage than what you would do if you were not running that sort of rotation. However, because it doesn't have nearly enough of a multiplier, it ends up doing less damage, even if you pull it off perfectly. Well, that's obviously not an acceptable situation to be in, and no one uses it. And this is the same situation that Runic Invocation is, except for Hydrohedron. Yeah, do you think they're afraid of making it do that much damage and be that good? Or I do wonder... Do you think I, that they're just, it's just, the numbers aren't there? Like, what do you think? I Probably little A, little B. So I, 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 I believe they think it should be one of the most powerful skills in the game if you get it, if you do it right. I However, agree. Do you mean, are you talking, talking about Runic or are you talking about Scales of Terra? Uh, Runic. I'm gotcha, talking about okay. Runic. I don't know what they want to do with Scales at this point. I've kind of given up on that yeah, one. I don't but, either, yeah. uh, Runic still has a chance, you know? $1,000 down the drain. It's okay. Yeah. We'll recover. Runic still has a chance. We'll, we'll, we'll keep going with that. Um, 
I do think there's probably some concern that if they make it too powerful, it'll feel mandatory, and then you have to do a complex rotation yep. to do the best damage in the game. And, and that... I have a perfect example for that. So yeah. remember when Judgment got reworked, McFulfin? Mm -hmm. Remember how I was using the the combo with the reversal plus shield uh, shield bash because the more belly fire damage mm -hmm. which was applying to the, the dot and all that? And the day after I posted that build, right, Someone posted on the forums and had a very lengthy discussion with Judd specifically. I think it was Judd. No, no, no. It was Trash. It was Trash. He was having a conversation with Trash. He was like, hey, I hate the fact I have to press five buttons to play Judgment Consecrated Aura. Can you please fix this? And he was being very, uh, what, what would you call it? Very mean towards me because he's like, oh, I don't like this build this guy made. And I'm just like, it's the same issue here. Where, like, I think they might be afraid to make the complicated stuff do good because you know that everyone would be forced to do so what what do you think perry I, when i watch lizard irl play hydrohedron and how many buttons he clicks i know that i, I have, think it's worth i have worth, absolutely yeah. no interest in playing that build i don't care you know, how that, good that's dumbed down from the version i originally saw from him like bro i don't know if tech casual players are going to want to play it like this so like, he's actually yeah. made that easier to play but that's that's fine like i i think that's an appropriate thing to include in the game if you want to click all these buttons if you want to, yeah. you know, play Melee Vengeance with your two-handed spear, yeah. yeah, you should have a reward for that. Like, good on you yeah. for, for doing all those game actions. This, this comes to me, this comes to the same kind of discussion that we always talk about when it comes to last Epoch currently is what I bring up. It's called the button economy currently. So, for instance, last Epoch... From, at least from what I've seen, uh, for the most part, if you want to do damage, you have to press buttons. You have to press different buttons, right? Now, we've done our best to make one button builds, speaking of right here, I think, or uh, it's right here on the Discord, but like I'm pointing at McFluffin here with the, the Warpath setup, right? The one button Warpath setup. He's been a pioneer in the system, and I've also found... Yeah, I technically do. And then, of course, I played that uh, Frost Claw Lament build that was like almost one button and all that. We've been doing good work in terms of trying to make one button builds. But generally, it seems if you are not willing to press extra buttons, you will not be doing the damage. It's just how it, it is. And here's the thing with this. You know, when it comes down to it, they made an entire mastery class around the idea of pressing more buttons. So if you're going to make the whole mastery class around the runes and trying to get people to do these relatively complex, buttons. yeah, these relatively co uh, complex patterns and get them right, you should probably make it do some damage. Like that, that's probably a good idea. If you a whole mastery class is designed around this core concept, okay, then make it do some damage. Mm -hmm. I like yeah. it. We're, we're probably and not I getting think, anything more complicated than this, right? Like and I think, Warlock. Yeah, they <laughs> actually talked about that. They said that. They said that the rune master is going to be the most complicated yeah. thing that they'll introduce. And that's the thing, though, too, is like the, the the problem here is it's like that button economy thing. So, like, for instance, when you do those buttons to press the hydrohedron button, the hydrohedron stays as a duration and uses your cast speed to shoot, right? And does plenty of damage. The problem is you have a skill like Grand Prism Nova that has significantly less damage effectiveness over its duration of its existence, if that makes sense. Like it does stuff in a big AOE, but if you compare the numbers, like if you took your cast speed, right, and you multiplied that with the duration of Hydrohedron plus its damage effectiveness, and then you compared that to all the other runic invocations, 
it is like multiple magnitudes of zeros. It's it's funny that something <laughs> with 800% effectiveness of damage is just not good. Yeah. Grand Prism, 600%. Antipodes, 800%. Like, and they hit like potatoes. Even with the bugged ele the, elemental pen the, note, too. The duration components, like your, your runic invocation, my runic invocation is on like a six second cooldown for the most part. You can get it faster yeah. if you're like self casting it or like not putting on a cooldown, but. Um, having some kind of duration that goes along with your runic invocation is a game changer. Things like the plasma orb, which is like the static orb thing that rotates around you. Yeah, that the, one's a cool one. I like the, that. The antipode, uh, the spell slinger one, um, even CCC yeah. having the big blizzard there, uh, CFC having the shield on you that has like a duration component to it. Hydrahedon has a duration component. All those duration components go so far in making um, runic invocation feel so much better. Yeah, speaking of that, actually, uh, someone just posted in Twitch chat, one of the first builds I ever tried to make was a mana stack static orb sort using mana tunnel and lightning blast refund. Way too much button rotation. And that's funny because that is a successful I push a lot of buttons build, right? That is the perfect example. Like, you know, like the generic static orb plus lightning blast build that like Jay and Foe were playing. That is the perfect example of a I press multiple buttons and I do things kind of build. And, like, you get plenty of damage effectiveness. Static Orb does really good clear, has good damage. Lightning Blast is a good single target. Like, all of that combined, like, that that should be what Runic Invocation was. And I, I tend to hate yeah. multi-button builds, and that Mana Second build with Mana Tunnel and Lightning Blast to refund, I like it. I, I totally enjoy that build. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, I don't mind pressing buttons if they do things. Forge Trick. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I like tend to like multi-button builds as well. I was surprised I didn't really like um, Runic Invocation because I I usually like generator spenders, but that oh, one just didn't feel right. It's it's because of the numbers. It's all numbers again. It's yeah. the numbers thing again. They, the things like absolutely said, blew up all over the screen yeah. when I did it. Like, oh hell yeah. Yeah, but they need to. Well, my 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 suggested fix for one of them, Grand Prism Nova, it should be six hundred percent added damage directness her element so it should be 600 percent added as fire lightning and cold in my opinion and that would make grand prism nova a fun skill <laughs> i don't even think it'd be that op by the way that's the funny part <laughs> <laughs> it'd be cool i like big numbers yeah, yeah. having big one shots actually happen in the game it probably isn't good for the game um we know that boss dr is gonna be changed at some point but like oh, finally we don't we don't know what it's changing to, but we know it's gonna happen. I mean, yeah, it could be worse. They could have the same person that reworks Surf and Strike do it and <laughs> for yeah. Surf and Strike. Yeah. So, like, what do you think, McFluffin? Do you think that they are struggling in the numbers department when it comes to certain skills? It seems because, like, it seems like some skills they do plenty, and then some others they don't do well. And most of the time, whenever I see it, it's always a numbers issue. Like, the concepts are there, the ideas of Rune, like the ideas of Rune Bolt are there. I like Rune Bolt as a skill, but like the numbers just aren't there. Like, what do you think? Yeah, Rune Bolt's actually like I mean, if you do the turret version, it's cool as hell looking. Like we were. Yeah. Messing around with that, testing the explosions that explosions too. It looks insanely cool, and it does like noodle damage. It does nothing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely some some number issues on that. I I wish I do kind of sometimes wish I get, like got to go internal and be like, okay, so why do you guys make these decisions about these numbers, and how do these uh you know how do these hold up? 
Um, what are the like goal states for some of these things? It feels like something was off on invocation as far as perception versus reality, and I don't know what yeah. caused that. It could be um, the bugs that took off your more multipliers. Yeah, right. That's true. There, there's, there's a lot that be. we don't have yeah. access to because we have all these bugs in the game right now. Mm. And that's like the thing is like a lot of these skills, like for instance, like Surf and Strike, like we brought up earlier, that one big poison thing. That would be a really cool way of playing Surf and Strike. If oh, the, the numbers were thing? there. Yeah, that Atrocious. would be cool. If that, like, if, if the numbers were there, if you could apply one big poison and scale it, wouldn't that be cool? I, I think that'd be cool. I've, right? I've technically I, seen it one shot Jewelry. Okay, all right, buddy. Yeah, but I know. Outside yeah. of Speaking that, of, I've like, seen it, multiple button builds. Yeah, it, it does literally nothing outside of one shotting Jewelry. Woohoo. <laughs> huh. If you don't know what we're talking about, do you know what we're talking about, McFulfin? Oh, uh, Sherpa Strike one shot in Jewelry with a poison? No. Yeah. Okay. So you want to explain it? Perry? Sure. It's not. It? It's not too complicated. But one of those new nodes says uh, your Serpent Strike deals. It like applies like one big poison, and it, like deals more damage equal. Oh man, what is it? Equal to the amount of poisons on the enemy. Equal. But yeah. Only no. But only only up. against high health monsters. That's it. Yeah. So oh, you you have to like you have to have a monster that's like giga tanky like tier four Jura, and then have like a yeah. bunch of small poisons applied You're by on, your like, minions. The serpent's milk, right? Yeah. So like uh, okay. a, like a thousand poisons applied by your minions, and then you just poke it and like it dies. And you you tested that, Perry? Uh, I no, no, actually, you see it. One of our uh, okay. one of our one of the people in the community did miss. Well, whoever she, did, whoever that was, kudos. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 play a lot of. Of those kind of builds, a lot of a lot of Konami like, code one shots yeah. on Tier Four Jewelry. Right? Gotcha. I, I love seeing their gotcha. clips pop up in Discord. Yeah, oh, it's great. Uh, it, it reminds me of that Infernal Shade build, Perry. Oh, <laughs> the, that was the one, the one the that that Zekker put together. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. The one that you were trying to do, where you put it on oh. the ground and try to <laughs> the, the one shot one T4 that has Jura. infinite damage. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Sure. <sighs> oh, you mean the other infinite damage Infernal Shade? Oh, okay, that one, that yeah. one. So, uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask you, McFluffin, if you wanted to change Frostclaw, what would you change and why? Ooh, that's a ooh, good question. Ooh, buffing it or, or making it worse. Buffing, nerfing, Or just whatever you want to do. Yeah. Anything. What do you what think needs to be I done with it? would I change about What do you think Frostclaw? needs to be done with it? Um, Void conversion. <laughs> the chronic. I mean, just add a unique. We have the Rat City Spear. We have Precedent. God, I don't know if I have anything specific. One thing I've been, I don't know if this is the, this is like the answer that, I don't know if this is a good answer, but um, I've been toying around with the um, proccing of Ice Barrage and I'm dissatisfied with like the 15%. I'm not sure if it ever makes any sense because it just costs so much mana yep. to do it. Yep. Yep. Um, it, it seems very like, like the procs in the game currently are either it costs no mana and it's amazing or it costs a bunch of mana and it's not amazing and it's not consistent at all there's no tool tips for it most of the time it's very like procking skills in le is one of the most confusing things it's like, all over the place would, Big yeah, fluffing. yeah. The place. I, I, that one's that one's not confusing so much as i just mm -hmm. don't know how it ever make an like because if you get unlucky it makes sense right if you get yeah. if you get lucky which means you got unlucky and you cast it like three times in a row you're out of mana um, unless you're like <laughs> seriously mana stacking, uh, it just you yeah. just can't you can't do it, and you don't really ever like you don't want to proc it back to back. You want to proc it about every two seconds, but then you can't guarantee you proc it every two seconds. So the more you have, the better for that. But then yeah, you just run out of mana. So 
So I've been trying I to figure out how it makes sense to even go up to three. In but... my opinion, it should make it so that instead of 15% when you cast it, it should be 15% on hit. So if you grab the extra projectile node volley glass, you can consistently do it more. Or oh, if it was like on that. hit, then I would take the 5%. My and, my recommendation yeah. is, I, I think it's a bug, and I, I submitted it as a bug fix already, and it's what someone in Twitch chat just said right now. It shouldn't override its own duration. So the node, the node above it, just north of it on the skill tree, says if you have an active ice barrage, it starts to shoot faster, which is the opposite yeah. of like what the node below it yeah. does because you're casting so quickly because Frostclaw is a spammable skill because that's the intent of the skill to exist as a spammable skill. So I'm that, not sure if that, I agree that it's a bug because the reason why we want to cast it more than on duration in that build is because we want the 60% damage multiplier. Yeah. So we yeah. want to do it more often. Otherwise, we would just cast it directly. There would just be no reason to cast it from Frostclaw. You just save yourself the mana. So it only, to me, works in that build because I can cast it more than its duration. You want to cast yeah. it more than its duration? You want to do that? Yes, because the, the cold damage multiplier is only two-second duration. And so we have to cast it more often than we could cast it self-cast, which is like nine seconds um, baseline. That's how we get the extra cold multiplier up more often. So we need we do need to do it more often than that. But mm -hmm. when you get 15%, it's just like, oh, I mean, sometimes you get unlocked and you're just like, well, I'm negative mana. That's, that's just what we're going to be. Yeah. It's really rough. Now, what do you think should be changed with Frostclaw Parry for better or for worse? Oh, I mean, it, the, the AOE thing uh, shouldn't be working with the Volley of Glass. Oh, like, other than that. I think I, that, that, that would really change public perception of Frostclaw because you'd be generating yeah. so much less ward. And I think that'd be a really mm -hmm. good change, too. It's like, yeah. we, you, don't, you don't know how good the ward generation is from CFC because it's so greatly skewed by Frostclaw generating an absurd amount of ward. So, mm -hmm. but like, what would I change to it? Uh, I, I think the mana costs on the bottom left side of the tree are a little Absurd. bit, I think they're a little bit too big because yeah. you can, you can almost make it work if you have a minus five scepter, all the minus mana cost, and you're using foot of the mountain and standing still. I mean, that's what you should have, Perry. What the heck are you that's, talking you're, about? You're, it almost that's your works. for entry. But if, if you have all entry. of those things, you can almost make it work. But it's so strange that it has Don't such a like high the mountain And how binary it is. And, and standing still? No, not really. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I think Foot of the Mountain should have the same kind of recently wording that I've proposed yes. to like other things. It's so like, funny because uh, Swarmancer has a whole archetype based on standing still and you get a bunch of things for standing mm -hmm. still and it has a legendary on the helmet that says things that you get for standing still yeah. persist for four seconds after you move yeah <laughs> or, or just like you know how the stacks build up on foot of the mountain as you continue to stand yeah. still they should fall off gradually like yeah. i, I agree know. it shouldn't sure. be instant binary yeah i hate binary. all right stuff. anything else you want to talk about today gentlemen oh my god That's yes about it for the frost oh, cloth thing. oh Wait, McFluffin, go ahead. But I do have something after you. Oh, I didn't know. Go ahead. I didn't have anything. Beautiful. Uh, let me let me uh, pull up my uh, my list of things that I've been meaning to talk about over here on the second monitor. Yeah. So I've been reminded by a member of EHG saying that there is a corruption and mod scaling that will be changing in Last Epoch. Uh -huh. Presumably with 1.0, but we don't think we technically know that. Please. So to, to set the stage for uh, for people who are listening to the podcast, either live or on YouTube, whatever, um, corruption and mod scaling. There's an issue right now where, for example, if you're sitting on the forums or you're sitting on Discord and someone says, oh, I can I can kill a 
1000 corruption shade of Erobus. It's tricky to know what that person is trying to say because corruption means almost nothing. It, it, it's a more multiplier, but if there's no increased multipliers there, it's not really doing much. So yeah. when you have a like a 500 corruption monster that has, you know, heals if not hit recently, and it'll shock you every armor once shred. in a while. An armor shred. That's that's like a white monster in a 100 corruption map. It doesn't really mean anything. On the other hand, if you're a brand new player and you're wondering why your 100 corruption is so flipping hard, what yeah, what like is my build terrible? What enemies, happened? Why is my build damage. so bad? It's because you did increased damage, increased damage, increased damage, increased health, increased health, glancing blows, dodge. It's like, yeah, yeah, every single build feels bad at 100 corruption if you're taking every single garbage modifier you Speaking can. Speaking of that, actually, uh, I actually had this happen recently where instead of just blindly playing the game, I've started reading the nodes and doing the math in my head. <laughs> Go on. And it has improved my quality of life when playing very bad builds much better. Like, for instance, when I was playing the Skeleton Bone Curse build and the Forge Strike build, that was imperative to keeping myself from not going insane. <laughs> so, so we've been reminded by a member of EHG that there is going to be a change to mods and corruption. And to me, my understanding of what the change is going to be is going to be uh, it'll make it easier to communicate with one another. How good is my build? I'm at 500 corruption. Oh, shit, 500 corruption. I know exactly what that means because the corruption number means something and the mods mean less. So instead of it being like this, it's going to be like this. Uh, we don't know what is going to happen, but I've been encouraged to make a prediction. I don't really have... One second while you talk about that. Uh, one second here. Yeah, do your thing. Um, there you go. Sorry, I had weird. to do something. <laughs> I had to do something and I didn't want you guys to see it. <laughs> yeah, make sure not to not to say anything about it though. Don't 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 try yeah. to yourself. Mm -hmm. So we know that something's gonna change, but we don't know exactly how it's gonna change. This could be the introduction of corruption tiers, like tier 100, 200, 300, 400. Could all have like different things that's gradually stepwise increased difficulty. We could have uh corruption having new things tied to it and like drastically decreasing the power of modifiers individually. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I, I want to make a video about it because I want to enshrine something as like, here's my prediction for what's going to happen. And then I'll just like, I'll be right or wrong in the future. But yeah. McFluffin, I know that you, you've talked about this as well with the Maxwell interview that you were able to do over at GamesCon a couple weeks ago. I assume it's on your mind as well because it sounds really good, but what's going to happen? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that was where it first we first found out about it was that with the, they gave us a couple of things like, oh, that's that's amazing, and I think that was one of them. And uh, Carve Carve has been in my chat lately, and he was teasing me. He's like, yeah, I'm actually working on that right now. I'm like, oh, you are. <laughs> the last comment I got from him is this is actually a little bit more complex than I thought it was going to be. So um, I'm not sure exactly what it's going to be, but yeah, it's, uh, it sounds like. The plan is so you don't have a random guy pushing 6,000 corruption because he has no modifiers on, mm -hmm. um, while a guy at 300 corruption has a bunch of modifiers on and is having a more difficult time, and 6,000 corruption guys me? pooping all Look over. Look at that! Yeah, okay. Oh. Hey, but yeah, that's funny because there actually is someone out there that has 6,000 corruption and tells everyone else oh, they're bad. I was joking because I'm the 300 um, corruption, Andy. <laughs> the 300 corruption guy, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so the, it's good that they're cognizant of this issue, that corruption is not indicative 
indicative of difficulty and that's a problem mm-hmm. so um, especially when you can like permanently freeze oribus <laughs> yeah Snap freeze is so yeah. stupid <laughs> so it's yeah it's good that they're they're recognizing the actual problem what the what is uh what the you know what's going on with it. the fact that carve is working on it gives me a lot of confidence because you guys know carve is just just awesome um but it does sound like they want to decouple the modifiers from um corruption in some way that makes it so like if you if have you an get idea corruption if you get 10 corruption i get 10 corruptions about the same level of difficulty mm-hmm. that seems to be the idea so we, we, did, we idea. did the hot take episode already but we need to make some kind of prediction here so dread what do you got i have a prediction so what I want to see what happens is, you know how we have, like, when you push corruption and you push rarity, right? You know, like, as you push corruption, the more rare nodes start to spawn. Mm-hmm. That should also be modifier based. So, like, for instance, if you're at 100 corruption, void enemies deal 200% increased damage. Shouldn't spawn that much. But... When you're at like 600 corruption, it shows up more frequently. So when you get up there, it's more consistent that you see nodes like that. So you're more constantly having to choose them, right? So like, for instance, if you get to a thousand corruption, it's essentially guaranteed you will at least have one node that says enemies deal 100% increased damage always or something like that. So like at least when you get up in that corruption, it is consistent, right? While in 100 corruption, it's like, oh, like you're not putting... Because like, have you ever noticed that? Where like on 100 corruption, you'll just end up with like mobs that like unchop you when you're like level 80 at the beginning of like the like beginning of a, a season or whatever, or like a fresh patch or Me, whatever. No, and, because I read, but I, I, I mean, know yeah. many people. <laughs> but, but have you seen how common those nodes are? <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, Versus, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a big chicken shoot when you get up in the top where it's like it's so random, right? It's you don't know what you're going to get. While like if they added that where it was more consistent later on, then it would be like, oh, I push a 600 corruption. That means my build is capable of taking on multiple increased damage modifiers constantly, right? Well, on a constant basis, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really curious how they're going to make it feel normalized because even if they said, okay, everything's 100% increased damage. Hi, Kitty. Everything's 100% increased damage. doesn't go any higher than that. You know, 35% crit avoidance, it stays there. doesn't go any higher than that, et cetera. Uh, it's still the case that I could just pick and choose better modifiers than someone else at higher corruption, and it's actually a little bit easier. So Yeah, but um, what, if, what if, like, every single choice you have is high health enemies deal... 100% increased damage, right? I think that's boring. I quit. I think that's boring too. Yeah. But so, yeah. so what, what McFluffin just said, like if, if I, if I path out really carefully and I don't want to put myself in peril, I should be rewarded for that. I, I think it should be easier yeah. for you. And if you're just, or, if you're, so if you're going in a straight line and you're not even reading your modifiers, you're going to have like, maybe it's going to be harder. Maybe it's going to be easier, but like, you don't really have any control over it. But if, if I already have three damage modifiers and I don't want to take a fourth one, I'm going to go over here and do a couple tanky ones until one or two of my damage modifiers fall off, and then I'll keep going this way instead. And I I like that. I enjoy that process of navigating my monolith web. Another thing they could do is they could just tie all the rippy mods to the good nodes. Like for instance, I was just going to say this. Yeah, if if you have like exalted rings, it'll have a damage mod on it always. Or yeah, not even necessarily on. like the type of mod, but maybe the the power. Yeah, of the like mod. the rarity, the or, rarity. or, the, or so like maybe you could pool them unique, all together. Yeah, uniques and exalt is maybe roll higher increased damage. 
than uh, XP nodes do. So that or if you want to take that, a, they just have a smaller pool of like. The it could be that. Yeah, it could yeah. really could go either so way. Every, yeah. every oh, exalted yeah. body armor node has dodge on it. No, yes. please no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But yeah, interesting. Okay, okay. It should be more consistently dangerous grabbing those nodes, which would, which would kind of. Curb the objective rushing slightly, just a little bit slightly. Yeah, it's, I think it's like, fine. If they keep attacking at it from different multiple angles. Maybe better. this is why Carve said it was complicated. <laughs> just, you're thinking about all these things. I mean, like, this oh, man, is a complicated problem because yeah. you're not only balancing the game around like someone who just installed the game for the first time and got to Empowered Monoliths finally. You're also comparing it to like me and Perry and you who knew, know what we're doing. You know, like it's like you have to you know you have to do both yeah, it's it's yeah. not an important yeah. issue at face value but it is an important issue if those people who enjoy the game are going to continue to enjoy the game yeah it it's, will. it's also at face value like um watching racks play and he's like why did i die and they're like well you've got five different five uh offensive modifiers yeah, on yeah, right now absolutely but it's not it's not clear he's like oh i didn't even i was just picking the rewards i had i didn't even realize i was getting those so mm -hmm. the high health ones are the most toxic ones. I know this is crazy. Like the void enemies one exists and all that. The high health ones are the most toxic because like it's so binary, right? Between them killing you and not killing you. So like for instance, I'll walk into a monolith and I'll have like two high health enemy modifiers. If I don't hit those solarine archers fast mm -hmm. enough, they will kill me. Of course, that's because they're solar and archers. They killed me with no modifiers. But still, like it's like it's crazy. It's really toxic to me as a streamer who wants to be reading Twitch chat. Yeah, high health is very very dangerous if I'm not looking yeah. at the screen. Deadly, but deadly's <laughs> a little bit better because like it's not as toxic as high health because it can't stack with itself. I think that's another thing. I think they should make more modifiers like that that don't stack with themselves. So that, you know, like for instance, if I'm smart and I grab Frenzy three times in a row, I'm like, I, I, you know what I mean? I, I like Your brain mods. is huge. How did you figure that one out? <laughs> I'll just, I'll just submit my application <laughs> soon. Don't worry. Are we going to get all new modifiers for 1.0? No clue. I don't know about that. I haven't heard anything. I would I would you accept bet, that. You they're working on it. This is like the perfect time to introduce some new modifiers. Sure. Yeah. I, they I haven't stated they we're going to. I think that they do not take advantage of the fact that they're in beta enough, in my mm. opinion. What do you guys think? Well, do you so, think that they're not changing enough quick enough? Well, that, that window's running out fast. I know, exactly. They they yeah. said, Judd, Mr. CEO, said that 1.3 oh, yeah. oh, or maybe 1.4 is going to be the real launching up or launching off point okay. for Last Epoch. I've been seeing that go around a lot, and I've also talked to Judd about this, so I, I want to try to clarify. I'm pretty sure I know what he's talking about. He's not saying they're going to they're gonna balance the game by 1.3. They're going to get rid of all the bugs by 1.3. What he's saying is he's super freaking stoked about the first three cycles and how they're going to affect endgame. So they already have them planned? They already have them planned, Deal. and they're wait, insanely wait. exciting. They have multiple seasons planned in advance that are ginormous yeah. additions to the system that and permanent just, like, content which we've never seen before in an ARPG couldn't be my Diablo 4 man <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah. that was so, so cringe yes I have a feeling and I don't I only have so much knowledge about this I've talked to him sure. but he would not tell me what these were I I know of other people who need to probe them further idea, he would not tell me what exactly these were which is probably smart because I'd just be like going crazy but um <laughs> 
So uh, I actually lost track of what I was thinking what I was thinking about there. But anyway, yeah, he, he's they have these planned out. They're they think they're very ambitious, and from what I've heard, they are very ambitious. And so if they can pull those off, deal. It should be it. a crazy game by by one point three. Dread, you muted uh, again. Muted on purpose. What's on your mind, Dread? I said they are insanely ambitious. They hired that WoW trading guy, remember? And I'm like, why didn't you hire him like a year ago? <laughs> like, like, are we going to have trade like in three months and it's all going to be working perfectly and fine and no problems whatsoever? Like, no. Well, no problems whatsoever is a pipe dream no matter what. I, I agree, but there's a difference between having to shut down your entire trade service because you forgot one little bug that, like, you can, like... You mean, infinite... like, Diablo 4? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or, like, with Path of Exile, where, like, trade was down for, like, eight hours, but it's, like, whatever, right? Stuff like that. It's like... Yeah, I mean, there's going to be... We, I think we, as a community, need to accept that there's going to be issues at I launch. agree, yeah. Uh, there's a lot like, of people are that are dooming about, like... Ones? Yeah, I mean, you don't want it to be too crazy, but they're going to have issues. The servers are going to have mm. issues. They're going to get a lot more players than most people realize. Mm. I mean, Asmongold plays it alone. He's going to bring 100k viewers at least. He keeps saying that, but he never does it. He's, he's going to at 1.0, isn't he? I guarantee you. That's, that's the peak. He, he's going to play during the cool. peak when he can get the most viewership. That's I guarantee you. That's what he's going to oh, play at 1.0. Okay. It's smart. Cool. He should, he's, that's yeah. when he should play it. No, it's just funny because like everyone is like, oh, Asmund's going to play PU and LE. And I'm like, well... If Asmin plays LE, I have to be busy because I have to be making videos because that's the perfect time to be making videos. You'll have so plenty like, of videos to make at one yeah. point. I'm sure about that. Yeah. No, it's just like, it's like someone randomly like, oh my God, Asmin's going to play LE. And I'm like watching the Twitch. I'm like, do it. Do it. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> you, you know what's fascinating about me? We're talking about this whole launch thing yeah. and beta and all that stuff is how confident the devs are talking about the 1.0 launch. Like Mike, mm. people I've talked to, they're all very confident about getting it out by the end of the year, which yeah, that's, tells that's me that they're probably farther along with that than and we assume. Yeah, like that I don't, I don't thing. think they started any of this they stuff. Spent, remember, they spent a year with the multiplayer. Did they just work on multiplayer, or did they work on all this too? It's like yeah, because like I saw the dev streams, I saw all the art that was being made that entire year and stuff. Like they're very ambitious when it comes to this. I'm hoping that they actually spent time working on this not just on multiplayer obviously that's like a like that's me being like selfish but it's like i don't know it it's like how do you go like a year without working on anything other than multiplayer you know what i mean it's like yeah it's crazy to me someone in chat saying mike said warlock was done basically i don't remember if he said that exactly but I, mike has been especially confident um, yeah. Which is not really the Mike play. It's not like he's not a confident guy, but he's usually the, he's a hedge my bet kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And he has not been hedging his bets about this 1.0 launch. He's been pretty clear. Like, it'd be catastrophic if we don't actually make 1.0 by the end of the year, which suggests that they got a lot done already. And, mm -hmm. like, yeah, they're, 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 they're pretty far along here. And they are just trying to get into everything else they can add to it at this point. That's what it sounds like to me is from the outside yeah. and from talking to them without getting any major like, Monolith details. Monolith doesn't really need that much of a push. Like, we just need, like, maybe, maybe, like, a Giga Oribis. Like, after 500 Corruption, Shade of Oribis is, like, super empowered or something. Right, two and of like them Giga. appear, and then three instead of them appear. Of, instead of having, like, instead of having a few abilities, he has twice the amount, and he has twice the amount of attack and cast speed. So, like, he does a bunch of abilities at once, and you have to, like, kind of, like, you know, like, Rae, when you get in rage on him and stuff, and he's, like, starts breaking animations? Something like that. That's the true in-game boss, right? Stuff like that. That would be cool. Like, it... Like, I always complain, like, I, I've been one of the biggest, like, 
pushers of the objective rushing meta like being annoying and stuff like that right it's like it doesn't really require that much of a change to fix you know it's like like they're very close to the end game system it's a good base it's just they just need to add just a little bit more in the 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 essence monsters essentially like with the the with the mages and like the experimental affixes and the chests right like they're, they're doing a good job in that regard it's just a little bit more just mm-hmm. a little bit more and I'm sure season season one's mechanic, if they are going to have a mechanic like you know like Path of Exile, then that might end up being good as well. Yeah, I'm with Call It Kilvara on this. I I think while us as veteran yeah, players like, yeah, exactly. want more yeah. endgame, <laughs> and as we should, and as we're going to get it, I think if they launch a 1.0 product that is Warlock, it's Falconer, and they're both good, and those factions are really good they're going to have a great 1.0 launch, assuming the servers don't light on fire and whatnot, you know, like just that's content wise, that's a lot of content. Like yep. the faction system is actually a lot for us. Yep, and for new players, there's going to be so much to do just with the market, with the target farming, it's going to increase the, um, the it's going to increase the chase, like how long you can go before you hit like, you know, the effective cap of your gear. So while I would love to see more endgame stuff, we're going to get the mon- you know, the monolith, um, the corruption changes, yeah. which are going to help. That, that, that's um, plenty for me. That's plenty for me. Yeah, I, I, and that's what we know fine, we're going to yeah. get. We know we're getting those four things. That alone sounds like a pretty good launch to me. And then if 1.1 is actually this expansion, the monolith is ambitious, the way, they're going to make Diablo 4 look so bad compared to its launch in its first season that uh, it's, uh, it's just going to be, they're just going to look so good. Like, there's been hiccups here they're wrecked but like most of the most for the most part the servers have been fine let me let me use that as a opportunity to jump in and so we are we are just over an hour here i'm going to introduce at least one more topic and then if we want to keep talking we can keep talking but we just talked about server performance we talked about 1.0 stuff my question for both of you is if 092 were the 1.0 launch if the expectation for 1.0 wasn't trade like ignore trade ignore like um I guess it's the trade factions and then the two masteries. If the 092 launch were the 1.0 launch, how would you say? I can chime in. How, how, how is, is it successful? Did it go well? Absolute travesty. I should not be able to play a game of solitaire while waiting to get into the dungeons. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. I yeah. was just thinking console-wise, but if you think about um, some of the some bugs that were in there, uh-huh. I don't think that I don't think the bugs would make it a travesty. The load times—it was would a be, joke, by the way. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm, but I'm, I'm over exaggerating. The, the load times would be really bad for new players, like because there were mostly campaign issues. That would have been really, mm-hmm. really bad. They need to fix that. Yeah, as far as content is... goes, it's actually more content than Diablo two, Diablo four season one got, yeah. but it's still not acceptable amount of content for a for a cycle. I don't think. Yeah. I, I think it's very close. I don't think like like to be honest, like like Perry always says, like the, the game's already good enough as it is. It's just like, you know, we've been playing it for too long. Like mm. for instance, I looked at my Steam analytics and I had I have two hundred and fourteen hours in the last two weeks on LE. That is fourteen hours a day. And that's without good? AFK. Do, do you like this game? Is this game no, it's terrible. Yeah. I <laughs> that's why I play fourteen hours a day. <laughs> I Not enough end game. I need more end game guys. I, I, I play that long to, to make surf and strike viable. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, the, the, uh, so pointing this out too. So some people don't think that um, Lasty Block has like a significantly larger uh, end game than Diablo Four, which I strongly disagree with. But regardless, whether you think it does or it doesn't. The fact that there's so much build diversity, so much ability to test and play around with things and experiment, and that the itemization is so much better carries this so much further as far as people hours uh, people can play before they burn out. 
that um, it's not really comparable. That's coming from someone yeah. who wants to play a lot of Diablo 4. Like, that's just a problem. There's only so much I can do in Diablo 4. There's only so many builds I can play, so much leveling I can do before it's just not fun anymore. I want to I wanna retort Wrecked here. Wrecked by Protoss. He's, he's a good Grim Dawn guy. He's been playing Ellie a bunch. But uh, D4 has a finished campaign, though. Can't say the same about Ellie. Yes, I do agree. But, but... I only ever did the campaign in Diablo 4 once. Yeah, enjoy your campaign that one time because that's yeah, all you're that going to do. Yeah, that one time it. because that's all the you're going to do. Next 10 years, it. you'll never touch it again. Yeah, I, I'm never going to touch it ever again. That like, campaign was, was totally wasted in Diablo 4. Totally yeah, wasted. Yeah, it's, it's insane, like, the difference. It's crazy to be like that. Like, they put so much effort into that, but then gave you a way of skipping it. Like, that was, like, so much, like foreshadowing and like forethought like it was great i love it <laughs> let's make an amazing campaign that no one will ever do twice enjoy it was so much a d3 mindset it was crazy for yeah. for last epoch just touching real briefly on the 092 stuff they continue to revamp different parts of the campaign and everything they revamp everything they touch and update looks awesome like there's the I chapter one and two stuff one... it's like chapter six and seven it just looks amazing yeah. like the new my sewer system looks great yeah. too. go ahead my only problem with chapter one is okay is it is it this hard is my you die? no no that's not the problem so it's missing what's good about last epoch so like what i mean by that is when you start the first chapter you have all these enemies you have like a decent density you have better density in camp in chapter one than you have in monolith sometimes man like it's crazy and i like that but the my fun is significantly reduced when I'm stuck using Lightning Blast or Fireball, unspecialized, right? And I think this would be an amazing, an amazing addition is when you get a new skill, like when you get a specialization slot, it should be four points to begin with. Because I looked at all the trees, it takes about four points on every single tree to make each skill fun and usable, right? Like, for instance, it takes four points to make Lightning Blast into a clear skill or a single target. It takes four points to make Elemental Nova actually function as a skill. Like, stuff like that, right? And my my retort to this, right? Like, if you play Path of Exile, right? Path of Exile has so much more freedom in terms of the early game, right? In Path of Exile, if you want to put in the time to get better at Act 1, you can feel powerful you can feel great you can have like you can do like it faster right last epoch your options are very moot especially on your first playthrough while in path of exile in your first playthrough you have skills that work as a base instead of having to like be specialized right like for instance you have like shrapnel ballista you have caustic arrow you have holy flame totem you have rolling magma you have all these skills that work as they are while last epoch you have to specialize into the skills to make them good because their base forms aren't very good. And I think that's one of the biggest problems with the early game is they're not introducing players into the fun part of LE, the skills, early enough. I, I think if you just got like four points, I don't think it'd be OP. You just like play around the skills. You'd be able to play around with it much more. And that would be... Peewee does have a lot of bad skills, but you're not forced to use Cleave for more than killing Hillock. You were forced to use Lightning Blast for a very long time. I know. I've got two <laughs> observations about this. So currently, yes. like, when you, uns when you unspec a skill and you then you spec into it, you get one mm -hmm. skill point, right? 
Yeah. So you want up like three, three four, you want to up three, that to like two or three, maybe? Yeah, like three, three would be fine. Like just having a little bit because that's like the fun part of Ellie. I don't know about you guys, but that's the fun part for me is that part, at least during the campaign when you're starting a new character. Is so that, you, that you get the skill points and that's like a sense of progression. So like you'd have to slow that down. You wouldn't feel the progression as much. Yeah, they but, could mess around still, with that. Yeah. But you'd still be allowed to like flip skills because like one of the biggest noob traps yeah. in Last Epoch is like you spec in your skill, you level up once and then you despec it to try something else and you've lost all that progression altogether. And then yeah. like you're in that you're in this like this power um and and you don't valley. get to do anything yeah. you don't get to do anything fun like okay. fireball takes 20 skills to be useful and uh, my, 20 points I, right? I i i already want to cut you off so I, my second observation is you're already complaining about lightning blast and fireball and i agree yeah. with you but i i'm worried that your that your observation is skewed by you playing mages recently because no, mages early game is absolutely played, atrocious I, I agree, but I play, like, isn't Vengeance the same? Vengeance and Warpath are terrible. They're, you, they're, you they're literally AoE skills. Throw. Vengeance can have more than one answer. They're terrible. Terrible. I, I like but playing with the skills early when we're early. just doing, like, throwing fireballs out, and that's, like, yeah, just running. Yeah. I mean, maybe I wish, it's because I, I don't Fireball sit there had, like, a little bit of a bigger AoE and the explosion at the end of it. Yeah, it's probably because I don't sit there and kill it, and I just use Elemental Nova once it comes up. and Yeah, but then until Elemental Nova, you have... Your your best skill until Elemental yeah, Nova is. I can see that for attack. the first couple. Maybe yeah. maybe they should swap what skills you get early and so you mm -hmm. don't get two single target skills immediately. Yeah. Um yeah, as far there's as there's a lot of work that could be done in that regard. Yeah, as far as like the uh, the respecking, that that I think is something that they need to uh, here I, I, this might be what you guys are basically saying is maybe until you get to ten skill points, it just gives you like a guarantee you know, every respect you get as many as you have until you get to ten. Which they're already going to give you up to like ten guaranteed, right? At some mm -hmm. point, like you level yeah, four enough to get first ten. So why not just give that? Yeah. Like I get, I have three skill yeah. points. I respect. I get three skill points, and then mm -hmm. once I get eleven, then I've got to relevel the eleventh one. So mm -hmm. that there's actually um, you know, some yeah. investment later on. But like, I just, I don't see any reason to ever prevent players from experimenting early game. Like just that's when you're supposed to have like a playground to try. My skills advice and stuff, to so. new players is to not experiment until like level fifty or sixty. And Which that, is that, a is, that is bad advice. That's it's, it's good advice, but it feels bad to give. Yeah, it's yeah, bad it's like, like should be. how every single class, like, you know, Big Falfin, yeah. Erickson, them all, all the meta leveling specs. Uh, my, like, Perry, uh, speaking of that, oh, God. Oh, God, this is, this is, uh, okay, so TLDR. Someone came to my chat after talking to you recently. Me? And, uh -oh. yes, in your chat. <laughs> and he said that you were bullying him about yeah, that sounds like level <laughs> about level Gary always bullies me and essentially his <laughs> argument was he asked you how to level this skill how to level this build right and you essentially told him you should probably level with the glacier until you're level 40 or whatever right you probably told him something like that right but he's like but I want to level as the skill I'm playing and I'm like well that would be bad advice and he and he like he was like oh they're all clowning on me and I'm like bro it's like he's giving you the correct advice I do not suggest you play with Frostclaw in the campaign I suggest you just play with Glacier like obviously if you want to level with Frostclaw that's completely fine but I suggest you play with Glacier right and that that was like one of those moments I think that, this is that, actually a really interesting and important topic for content mm -hmm. creators um i know this is not max roll content but this is yeah. something we've been talking about internally in lately yeah because what we're going to have happen at 1.0 is a bunch of brand new players are going to come that have never played last epoch have probably are probably casual when it comes to arpgs 
especially if they came over from Diablo 4 where that might have been their first ARPG or they played Diablo 3. Most of these players are going to want something that fits them thematically that they find to be fun. Mm -hmm. And the community general consensus on how to play this game is to use the most efficient skill possible when it comes to leveling. Well, that's Until not what these like players 40, are looking for. That's not, fun, right? And this yeah. is how Maxwell does it too. We have a leveling yeah. guide for every mm -hmm. mastery class and it's supposed to be the most efficient way of doing it. And we have skill changes and all that stuff. Rax just used one of our, and he liked the leveling guide, except for the part where we respect from hammer throw into abyssal echoes. I think it was like, whatever, not uh, the orb one, whatever the orb one is. Devouring orb. Devouring orb, yeah. He hated that. He, even though it's the most efficient thing, that switching out from one to the other, the bit different skill, it made him weaker at, for a little bit. Mm -hmm. He had to get new gear, mm -hmm. despised it. He said, why didn't I just do hammer throw? I was killing, I was kicking ass with hammer throw. Why didn't I just do hammer throw the whole time? Completely agree. It, which Absolutely. is funny. Hammer throw is one of the better skills for leveling too, like through the campaign. So it's yeah, well, just like, well, yeah. I mean, Tarek makes our build guides, and the guy's like a god tier yeah. speedrunner, so he knows yeah, exactly. the absolute most efficient yeah, way of yeah, doing exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so the so the build guide is amazing. Like it's incredibly fast. But for new players fun. who aren't used to like how all that stuff works, they're just like, I want to play fireball, and I want to level fireball. And fireball is maybe the be the best best example here. I know because like yeah, it, it probably sucks. How do I make someone but, uninstall? <laughs> Tell them to play fireball. If you got a bunch but, of unique items, fireball is fine, man. Well, yeah. well it's like it, it doesn't work. There's, so you get, there's, like, there's a lot of skills, right? There's a lot of skills that you can level with that are good leveling. They're not the most efficient, but they are good. They like will do the strike. job. Mana strike's yeah. a good one, right? Mana strike, you know, warpath, yeah. you know, hammer throw. You name, there's a bunch for every different mastery. Yeah, I even and leveled so, with sacrifice, proccing the blood specters. That yeah. works too. Yeah. Uh, so apparently. there's all of these ways to level in this game that are thematic and that are the ways that people want to play. And we're so used to telling them, well, this is the best way of doing it. And we're not wrong by that, but if we go to 1.0 with that with that mentality, we're gonna get hammered because all these all these new players are like, I just want to play whatever i just want to play this skill that is the yeah. same as the end, end game build that i've been looking at at whatever website we're on yeah and I, um, I don't know what to do about that by the way either yeah it's we don't really have either i've been it's just linking Tarek's guides because like i'm too lazy to make leveling guides because yeah, leveling guides are a lot of work they're a lot yeah. of work and mm -hmm. so try to I do that do this, guys. Buy this new base. Give, give max roll a few more views you know Instead. I appreciate it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a problem for us too because we're like, well, we only have so many writers. A lot of us don't want to do leveling <laughs> yeah. guys. There are a lot I of work. I agree. I don't want to do them either. I know Perry doesn't want to do it either, man. But yeah, no one wants to do it because yeah. it's like... But at the same time, so that's what people are to... looking for. And people are more likely to play a leveling guy than an endgame guy because not everyone gets to endgame, but everyone levels. So yeah. they're actually like, in, in some ways, the more important guys. Yeah. Like, in my mind, whenever I play Ellie, I sit down and play Ellie and I level a new character, it is always one of those set builds I'm going to play. Like, for instance, on Sentinel, I play Hammer Throw into Holy Trail, because I like Holy Trail leveling. On Acolyte, I do either, if I'm a Lich, I do Wandering Spirits Dot, the channeling node, which works really well. Uh, and then, of course, I do the, the Zombies for, you know, for... Uh, necromancer and then for sork and everything else uh, even even spellblade of oh, the glacier of course you know electric gamer with uh rogue i level with bow puncture and umbral blades every single time every single time it's like even if i'm playing like a bully dancer i'll level with bow puncture because it feels really good in the campaign see perry knows perry knows and and like the thing is is like the problem is I know those because I've tried everything else and I've tried all these other leveling specs and they're terrible, 
right? Like, I'll be honest, like, the leveling in LE, like, don't get me wrong. If you're trying to go fast and you're trying to do anything other than, like, the meta, it's a terrible time. And now yeah, the I don't problem really agree is with here, that. I oftentimes don't do the meta and I still have a good yeah. time with it. Oh, I know, but that's because you know what you're doing, though, too. Well, there's certainly a, a, there's a restricted number of skills that are good, right? Like, yeah, um, Kilbar's exactly. talking about here, there's certain yeah. skills that you just don't tell them to use those because they'd be terrible. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. no doubt about that. But yeah. there's there's all there's definitely more than like the meta that we run. There's probably quite a bit more than the meta that we could we could there, actually put out S tier, there. and then there's like a whole bunch of A tier. Now there's like, a yeah. problem here too. Is when a new player comes in, if they've never played an ARPG before, they play D four, right, or whatever, and like, do you like? Are they going to like need to? Because if you take your time. Right, like if you just slowly level, you're gonna have a completely different experience than me or McFluffin's gonna have, right? Like for instance, like Fireball is really terrible when you're trying to go fast, but if you finish the campaign in 16 hours, like an IGN reviewer, Fireball might not be that bad. And it you and is, you probably but... had fun, and you and you did and, it yourself, yeah. and maybe you didn't follow a build guide, and you had. Yeah. You had a hard time at level 30 until you found this unique item and you have a story to tell. And that's good. I Yeah, I, yeah. I'm totally mm -hmm. with you on that. So is this even a problem? And I do agree. It is a problem. You Like, it is going to happen. I know what you're saying. It is going to happen. <laughs> but, like, the, the problem is then... So there's, like, these two subsets of new players, okay? There's the new player that is new and just wants to have fun and casually doesn't mind playing fireball for 40 levels. Right. Then there's the new player that has played other ARPGs before and want to follow a guy because they want their hands held. And that's like the thing I hate the most, like Perry knows I hate the hand holding too. It's but like they want their hand held. Right. But they also want to choose how their hand is held. Like for instance, I want to level the fastest way, but with vengeance. And it's like, nobody did meta leveling with vengeance because it's terrible <laughs> go, right go so, how about you go write the build guide for that yeah, and do exactly you're the only like one exactly that's what i tell them it's like you do it like i don't want to do it right and the problem is like how is that going to be caught like how is that going to react to like you know like maxwell leveling guides because like i said i'm not writing them i'm just gonna show you guys yeah and i don't know if we'll be able to put in the resources to do that either but if we did yeah. we would we would do um my guess is that we would do more leveling guides that are good but are not meta right yeah. so um we would do hammer throw leveling we would do um like a melee thing, one. like a spellcaster thing. You, you yeah, hit, we would you do a melee points. one that works. Like you'd probably do rive leveling, right? You mm -hmm. probably wouldn't do vengeance leveling. But like, so something that fits the general theme that they're looking for. Like I, if someone comes yeah. in like, I want to level vengeance because I'm going to play a vengeance endgame build, which they shouldn't do either of those right now. But for some reason they found an vengeance endgame build. Like, well, we well we don't recommend vengeance because it's pretty bad. But how about rive, which plays pretty similarly, and then you can yeah, easily rive is still hitting yeah. things with the right? stick. Have a good it still captures the imagination of hitting things. Auto crit rive is amazing. Exactly. Exactly. So that you still get that um get that general experience you're looking for, even if it's not exactly the skill you want. And it won't be a very big respect to switch from one or the other. Yeah. I like what Twitch chat is saying. You should just make a list of all the dysfunctional skills. And like put fireball at the tippy top. <laughs> it just like have just a list. It's like the forbidden zone. The and, forbidden and people zone. are like, Yeah, well, I leveled vengeance and it was on the forbidden zone. That just, makes just me a it, really good. Call player. it like the, the sweaty tryhard list. And it's like, don't yeah. click this link unless you're a sweaty tryhard. Oh man, you're just asking people to click for it now and, <laughs> and all of a sudden they're tempest strike leveling. 
I remember Wizard was this. talking about that, about the tier list thing for Ellie. It's like, we, we have to make one. <laughs> I remember that was funny. But then, like, I went and looked at the PoE side, and, like, they don't have one. I'm like, how would you make a PoE tier list? Because there's so much, like, so much that, like, that's impossible, right? Mm. <laughs> a tier list for what? You have to, like, identify. Exactly. Like, even on yeah. D4, we have tier lists for multiple different activities. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Because yeah. you can't just have, like, one overarching one because the activities are different well, enough. The problem with PoE is it's too complex to put it to that. Like, like it's too complex to, like try to list it like that because you're always going to be wrong because poe is just that big of a game that's, where that's, like there is so much that's the secret of a tier list though but the tier yeah. list is like it's it's just baiting people. Is never supposed it's to be baiting right. people to, to <laughs> it, engage with your content and tell you that yeah. you're wrong it's like it's yeah that's kind of how subjective. i felt about it that's with, how i felt about it when i made my d3's tier list was kind of not subjective for at least for a long I mean, time yeah. because it was based on how far you could go in um uh yeah. what do you call them red greater riffs but yeah, most ARPGs, there's going to be subjectivity to it, which is why um, Dread could make a video about how Max Rules tier lists were wrong and have his own that opinion. That was a joke! Were. That was a joke! I did not say well, it was That's wrong. the point, I right? Is that um, they I are said, subjective. Okay, in the beginning I said, tier lists are terrible, and I'm going to show you why, and I made a terrible tier list. Like, <laughs> I put Shaman in F tier, and Shaman's great now! I, I know, that's crazy for me to say that. But now with the armor dot mitigation thing, Shaman's not as bad as it used to be. The skill, the builds that would set it like 2k HP and like 8k armor, those builds are so much better now. <laughs> well, that's the other thing about they change, right? They don't stay the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but yeah all this is, is, um... like Shaman, Shaman barely even needs an update anymore. You might as well just no. know where it is. No, there's a, there's a specific <laughs> portion it's, it's of been the tree that it's needs an update. Fixed. It's all no, done. No, there's a specific portion. The lightning stuff has to go, uh. right? It needs different stuff. But like, you know, the spell damage per totem and the melee damage per totem, those notes could stay, stuff like that. I hope when they do Shaman, they don't like completely remove all that. They just like add new cool stuff like they did with like Sork with like the extra nodes at the bottom, you know? And and just turn Ice Thorns into Frostclaw and we'll be done. That's That's <sighs> like the whole, we came full circle, you know, now we finally have a functional skill, done. But yeah, that, so the thing about tier list though, that may, is why so many people do them and why Maxwell does them is because people want them. Yeah, yeah, they exactly. Know, I agree. Yeah, yeah. they, they want to have a relative idea of how this build compares to other builds, even if yeah. it's not a perfect tier list. It's still like if, if it's agree, D tier, yeah. well, it's probably not very good. Um, they have a pretty good understanding of what they're getting into. So, of course, mm -hmm. you want to you want to have tier lists that have um, uh, parameters that make sense and that you can kind of follow somewhat objectively. But at the end yeah, of the I day. Agree. They, yeah, they just want a relative idea of how things are shaken out. Yep, I agree. Yep. All right. So next week, tier list episode. I mean, hey, we could do a new spell one now that Frostclaw's up there. Deal. You know what? I'm into it. We got a lot <laughs> of new spells. Frostclaw build tier list. Let's go. <laughs> Wait, we can do a tier list of all the different kinds of ways you can play Frostclaw? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I like it a lot. Uh, this, this was a lot uh, more fun than I thought it was going to be. Wow, good... I don't know if to be offended or like uh, please. No, no, these are these are good topics. I I just I feel so good when we when we hit. We on had to more get through things, the memes of Frostclaw, you know. When we hit on more topics and we have more conversations than I thought we were gonna have, it's like it's so so good. I really like this podcast. Yep. McFluffin, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to join us here. I'm glad this worked out well for your schedule. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. It's always uh, just so much fun to to do this. Uh, we talked about Maxwell a little bit. We can find you at maxwell.com. Where else can we find you? 
Uh, you can find me on uh, on Twitch, Lone Star underscore McFluffin, or on YouTube, just search uh, McFluffin Gaming. And Dread, thank you as well. Mm, I, I, I still need to find my uh, my pig hat that I can wear along with your squid hat. Oh, that would be like amazing. That. I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll, I'll go jump on Dreadful Squid, and like it, it's gonna work. I swear. <laughs> And then whether you're watching us on uh, Twitch here live or YouTube and Spotify later on, let us know where you're watching so we can make sure your viewing experience is as good as possible. Thanks for being here. We will see you next time. Have a good night. Yep.